Welcome back to Everything's Falling Apart and My Life is Shit. I'm hey. Austin. <laughs> well, my life, well, too. Okay, no, well, I mean, the, the first, the TV takes a shit on me and it decides to not work right before we have to record. It can't do this when I'm editing an episode or any other fucking time of the week. It has to do it right now. And then, and then we go to record the episode <laughs> and I don't fucking get record because my dumb ass is... It's only been 45 minutes. It's fine. Uh, it's more like 45 seconds. My but, God. Know. Anyways, for real Z's, welcome to episode oh 90 God. of Frightmares. <laughs> welcome to episode 90 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and across the table from me today, uh, always on her phone, is my wife and your other host, uh, Gabrielle Proctor. The Jetsons had a movie? Where the fuck have you been? It was like 2000... It was 1990. I was... Apparently not I, even born. So you weren't even born in July of 1990. What no, I'm thinking that was from the 2000s. That was like an old cartoon. Maybe yeah, I'm just misremembering. Cartoon, then they've done some TV movies, but Jetsons, the movie, um, I was not aware of. And his wife, his son, Elmer, Elroy, 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 his daughter. Yeah, you love that. <laughs> this is my son, Elroy, and my daughter, Judy. Because apparently I wanted one of my kids to get bullied. Elroy is a cool name. What's wrong with that? You want to name a kid Elroy? I mean, no. There you go. (laughs) It's like Spanish for Roy, like Elroy. 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 Oh. (laughs) What are are we talking about? Oh, you were going to talk about... (laughs) What the fuck? Um... No, it's episode 90. We're doing 90s movies. So she picked one. I picked one. Yours was from 1990. Mine was from 1995. So good uh, kind of mix throughout. I was trying to pick one from the late 90s, but I had to pick the one I did because it was so good. What? Nothing. I, I, you're fine. Just, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm reading. I'm Thank pre-reading you. to make sure I do this right. Yeah, pre-read. Um, so that way. I'm doing that. Okay. Talk. Anyway, so yes, 90s movies. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a second here. I was just going to briefly talk about a movie I saw recently. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but it's called the seventh day and it's a guy Pierce joint. He plays an exorcist guy and it was just not that great. Unfortunately, um, it had a lot of heart behind it and I could try to, I tell her, I could tell what they were trying to do, but it just didn't ultimately work out in the end. Um, Kind of cheesy scares, kind of anticlimactic. It's just, uh, I don't know. I had high hopes because of who was in it and all and all that stuff. But yeah, I gave it a two and a half. Thought it was okay. Uh, and But it also was only an hour and 27 minutes. So that's pretty tight. Um, that's probably why I got a two and a half and not a two. Because if it was any longer, uh, I would have been very upset. Because it did drag quite a bit for a very short movie. Um, it's got a 2.2 out of five on letterbox, which as y- if you use the app, you know that that's not great. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd still recommend it just because it is a new release for 2021. Uh, it does have a good cast and I like the idea just execution wise didn't really work for me. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, trailer look made, you know, that's what I hate about trailers sometimes. Cause you're, you see a trailer, you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's gonna be great. And then you're like, man, the cool stuff was in the trailer. All the cool stuff was in the trailer. All this, like, uh, fucking uh, come play. All of these scares, and they and, and they showed the monster too in the trailer. So, really didn't leave anything up to your imagination. 
because it was all there in the trailer. So, uh, but I am very excited for the for the new one we're going to see this uh, this coming weekend called In the Earth. Yeah, it's a new Ben Wheatley joint. It's supposed to be super creepy, cringeworthy. And when I say cringeworthy, I mean like stuff on screen will make you cringe. Like ah, not like oh, it's like Office cringeworthy. Where you're like, oh man, this is awkward. Uh, it's supposed to be super good. And apparently this is Ben Wheatley's return to horror. Uh, the only thing I could find in his uh, IMDb list thing was ABCs of Death. And that's all that looked horror to me. So I don't know what that means because it doesn't seem like he's done a lot. But I'm excited for that. We're going to go see that at the drive uh, dine-in. Those are we two are, We will drive our things. car there, but we will have to walk inside. Love that dine-in, man. Have a little date night. Be a good time. Watch a scary movie. Tight. Eat a cheeseburger. It'll be good. Okay, yeah. Let me just go ahead and shamelessly plug the AMC menu. If you if you can go to an AMC that you can actually eat real food in, sweet God, is it so good. We You get the bacon, brie, double something. Yeah, it's got fucker. like bacon, brie. Um, I would hope so it, with, it, with how I described it. It's arugula and a, um, a jam on the burger, and it is hella tasty. I think I get like the bacon barbecue ranch but it's so good like the first time we had food there i, I looked at you and it's like holy shit this is like actually really i'm good excited food. for it yeah because some of the stuff we've had there we're like oh, this is all right but man those those don't fucking... get the burger mac and cheese the burger meat is too grainy for the mac and cheese good idea terrible execution just like seventh Correct. day <laughs> just like the seventh day great idea bad execution uh so yeah i'm very excited for that trailer looks really creepy and it's got a 3.1 Already on Letterbox because it's been making its round at the festivals and all that stuff. So, In the Earth, coming out this weekend. Check it out. You want to share the other movie that you finally got to experience? What did I experience? I've watched a lot of shit lately. The Craft. Oh, yeah. Finally watched that movie. Finally got him to watch it. <sighs> well, we were, you know, scrolling through HBO Max. And by the way, HBO Max is a pretty solid selection with any genre of movie. They have a whole bunch yeah, of shit. Yeah, they actually have a... Yeah, I'm really glad we have HBO Max because I've been using that plenty. Yeah, me too. I think I use that more than like almost anything at this point because if you know, I'm watching Practical Jokers on there, it's got all the new movies. I'm probably gonna put on Co uh, Godzilla versus Kong at some point just because it's there. Uh, they're also getting Mortal Kombat too, which that's something else we're going to see not this weekend but next weekend. It's it, not horror, but it's got oh, the gore. I mean, it's got the gore factor, and it's supposed to be apparently, according to what I've read online, uh, it's supposed to push the R boundary to the limit. And that makes me very excited because it's going to be a lot of bloody fatalities. Even if the movie sucked, we're still going to get sick gore and awesome fatalities. So, I mean, either 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 way we win. Yeah. Because it's either going to be amazing with good gore or shitty with good gore. And I, I'm fine with either. Are you moving him? No. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> uh, so a lot of good movies coming out. Theaters uh, soon. Also, Spiral got bumped up, uh, at least at least on the AMC app. It was, it was May 31st. What? You know, we brought up the craft and you went and talked about HBO Max for five minutes. Tangent, babies. We'll get right back to that um, spiral. I saw it on the AMC app on <laughs> releasing. Spiraling, all right. <laughs> releasing on May 31st, but now it's like May 10th or May 13th. So that seems to have gotten a bump up. So hopefully that will actually come out. And yes, the craft, that was a friggin' wild movie. I knew with how much hype behind it. You know, everyone loved it. I know they didn't like it for no reason. It's not. I, didn't, I knew it wasn't going to be overhyped. Uh, I did really enjoy it, and Nancy won crazy bitch. Fucking. To be crazy. fair, at least they gave her like a backstory to um, 
it's not just I'm crazy for crazy's sake. She she had a backstory and of like kind of just being the one that never really got anything, never really received anything. Um, terrible family, like te- like home, yeah, terrible home man. life, and and she really never got to feel special or important and she just desperately wanted that and the power drove her crazy. So I do like that there was a reason it wasn't just, Oh, I just want power. I'm wild. See what I really liked about that movie is from, you know, reading the brief synopsis on letterboxd. I thought it was because it's, it's weird because it says, you know, like, Oh, this new girl comes into town and she joins like this little coven of witches. So I thought, the three girls that were already in town were like these super badass witches. But really how it seemed to me is they kind of just practiced the occult stuff. And then chick lady came in. Um, what's her face? Huh? Sarah. She came into town and then she seemed to be an actual real witch. And then they were all kind of feeding off. of. So I don't know. It was yeah, weird. We read the trivia that it was supposed to be more heavily like it's kind of implied, but it was supposed to be more heavily implied that. There, she's the actual natural witch with the power, and they were all kind of leeching off her power. Yeah, and then yeah, so then, and it's funny too because when we started watching it, I saw that uh, Nancy kind of got jealous of Sarah's powers in the beginning. I'm like, oh man, she's gonna go crazy, isn't she? That's why I've seen all these memes about her going nuts, and she did because she got jealous of actual real powerful witch lady. So I really enjoyed it. It was a uh, you know not your average like witch movie. There wasn't a lot of I mean, yes, there was like spells and stuff like that, but it wasn't like hocus pocus where they're stirring a pot of you know a cauldron and it was all ooh. It was it was pretty like a it was like a low key witch movie. I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. It's a fun movie. And uh, all, I know, and all the kids there too were like accusing them of being witches too because they would, and then they got all powerful and started fucking with people. It was really cool. And also shows you uh karma, what karma can do for you. Yep. What they say, you what you get, what you put out, you get back times, times three. three. Yep. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that was a, that was a great movie. I gave that a th- uh, three and a half. Thought that was a lot of fun. Definitely need to buy that, own that, watch that. On that a, would be nice. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I think actually, I think Shout Factory might have a version I can get. Uh, so yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out to theaters. A lot of good stuff I've been watching recently, except for the uh, Seventh Day. Um, yeah, it was all right. I think it was. I don't know. No, we had to rent that. Never mind. I was gonna say if it was free, definitely watch it. I think. It was I like, mean, it doesn't. It's. It pops up frequently, like in random um, streaming services. I've I've watched it on like Netflix, Hulu. It it just kind of the seventh day. Oh, I thought you meant uh, the craft. No, the seventh day. You said we had to rent it, so that confused me. No, sorry, me and Spencer had to rent um, the seventh day, but he got it, he got it from Redbox. Which, by the way, am I the only one that's surprised that Redbox is still a thing with all the streaming services? Is it Not just everybody me? can afford streaming services? But you can pay two bucks a movie, like seven. Yeah, some people can pay two bucks to rent a movie every once in a while, as opposed to paying fifteen dollars a month every month. I can barely hear you. You're very quiet. I'm talking in a normal voice. You're yelling. I'm just trying to make sure people hear me. I think they can hear you outside. <laughs> wow. I mean, I am loud. God, sorry. I'll fucking tone it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why I need to push your gain up a little bit. Anywho, yeah, uh, I, I'm, st- I'm just still shocked that Redbox is a thing. I don't know. Somehow yeah. they're in business. It happens. It happens. It happens. Okay. Well, I guess we can talk about these wild movies if you'd like. Alrighty, Roo. Am I going first? Alrighty, Roo. <laughs> what? Uh, what? When the fuck have you ever said that? Just now. That's dumb. I don't like that. Change that. <laughs> don't do that. Yep, skirdoodle. I'm okay with that one. I'll let I'll I'll allow it. 
alrighty boo. No, no, no. That's <laughs> don't let that catch on. Anybody who hears that, don't, don't. Everybody say never it. Never let that catch Do on. Do me this favor. All right, so let's get into these '90s movies. You're gonna take it away with your movie, and then we'll go over to the definitely better one. What? <laughs> you agreed with me. <laughs> Spoilers. Damn. What? Okay. So this one, one is one I had seen bits and pieces of on TV, and it's one that's always kind of stuck in my mind as being very um, cheesy at the end. But um, when you said 90s horror, and you're like, pick one that not everybody's seen, and I was like, well, I know this one movie. (laughs) And you looked it up, you're like, that one, we're doing that one, that's the one. And it was Arachnophobia. It is rated uh, PG-13. It's got a runtime of an hour and 49 minutes. And it was released on July 18th, 1990. So, um, yeah, that was a... I was like four months old. Yeah. Coming around to 31 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a comedy horror thriller, which um, is fun because um, the main actor, who we'll talk about in a minute it wasn't a comedy until he came onto the film and then he wanted to add a level of comedy to it because it's about killer spiders. And honestly, if you can't laugh at that, um, and cut. it was directed by Frank Marshall. He also directed Congo from 1995. Um, he has more producer credits than anything. Uh, he was a producer on Poltergeist gremlins, gremlins Two, all the Indiana Jones, all the Back to the Future movies and all the Bourne movies and signs. So, you know. He's fucking working. He, he's doing some work. <laughs> he's he working. It's a busy dude right there. Yep. And this film is starring a one Jeff Daniels as Ross Jennings. He was also in Dumb and Dumber as Harry. And Harley Jane Kozak as Molly Jennings. She was in... Uh, oh, she was in When Harry Met Sally as Helen, his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Well, I, was, I saw that and I was like, who the hell was she? I didn't see the next two words. Um, John Goodman is also in it as Delbert McClintock. And he was also in Tin Cloverfield Lane as Howard and a crap ton of other things. It's John Goodman. You know? Roseanne. Who, I mean, who doesn't know who John Goodman yeah, is? I mean, he's been in a lot of shit. Uh, and then Julianne Sands as Dr. Julian Sands as... I thought you read this over before we started. Let me talk. Oh as Dr. James Atherton, he was also in A Nasty Piece of Work as Stephen, and Stuart Pankin as Sheriff Parsons. He was also in Congo as Boyd. I guess Frank Marshall liked him. I thought you'd uh, touch on the Nasty Piece of Work. because that's I, I put that in there because that's one that we reviewed uh, last year, and I thought that was kind of interesting. He was the old guy, Stephen, that owned the business. Um, I didn't watch that with you. Yeah, we reviewed it. I don't recall that. It was the Christmas one where they went to the the boss's house and then chaos erupted. Oh my God, that was that movie? Yes, good grief. You can't expect me to remember every title. God. You remember so much. I just, I guess I gave you the benefit of the doubt. So I thought that was. Okay, I put, but I put to be fair, there. if we watch four move, we were watching four movies for every episode. I'm not going to remember every single one of them. Well, do better. Well, I will now that we're watching two at a time. Okay, so the budget was a uh, minuscule $22 million, No big deal. And it grossed a um, modest $52 million. 
That's what you would call a solid home run right there. I mean, I mean you more than doubled your budget. You yeah, did it. Doubled the budget plus eight mil. Um, so I the movie that. came movies that came out around the same time, Gremlins Two, The New Batch, Robocop Two, Days of Thunder, Die Hard Two, a lot of sequels. Jeez. I was about to say a lot of twos happening. Jetsons the movie, which is why we were talking about that. Oh uh, yeah. Ghost. Manic Cop. Two. Maniac. He's manic. <laughs> That's why I was laughing earlier because I read that. I'm like, you didn't write maniac. You wrote manic. It didn't try to autocorrect it because manic is actually a word. This cop has been under a lot of stress lately. He's fucking manic. Needs some R and R. Presumed innocent, Flatliners, and The Exorcist Three because apparently they couldn't hold out for The Exorcist Two to release with all the other sequels. I know, right? Rude. rude. Fucking rude. It has a relatively small, for some of these movies, body count of seven. As long as my calculations are correct, which who knows, but about seven, I'll say. So it's a fairly simple plot. Um, the When they wrote it, they kind of wanted to vibe off of the birds. So a man goes to meet with a scientist in the... Um, why the... Why why the word please Amazon? Me. Thank you. I'm like it just river jungle river jungle. I just that's no. I mean like the words river and jungle were just looping in my head. I'm like that's not what it's called. He goes to meet him in the river jungle. You know that one, right? The good old river jungle. So the in the Amazon, one. because the scientist wants to discover new bugs, and and other type of creatures that are like bugs, like arachnids. Um, <laughs> So they go into what is a giant sinkhole that is formed into a large cavern where creatures are that have really never been um, seen by man and never really interacted with the outside world. So while they're down there, they come in count, or they come into contact with some butterflies, some a praying mantis for no reason, and some roaches, and then a spider. The spider immediately lunges at this photographer as he's trying to take photos of it. And so they try to kill it. And what they don't know is this uh, spider has creeped right along with them and um, has stowed away in their belongings and their equipment. What? Well, they find they don't just find one. It's several spiders. And... No, I'm just talking about the alive one. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. I mean, there were more than one spider, but I'm mostly referencing the super alive one. The alpha male. That's well, the one that hops in the crate. He's not the alpha male at the time. Because there's a much comically larger spider hanging out in that tree who we well, never see okay, again. Okay, fine. It's um, the local alpha male. Excuse me. I'm sorry. So anyway. Anyway. So... The uh, photographer, not being used to the conditions, he even states that he's not really a photographer of this nature. He is a sports photographer that is taking on this job. Um, Develops a fever. So while he is laying down and they are examining um, the spiders, they notice that the spiders um, seem, or it it looks like a tarantula, but it's a spider. Um, No. Uh, has sex organs, so it can reproduce, which makes it, which it makes it a little different because if it's a um drone spider, then it wouldn't have sex organs. So they're like, oh, so not only is this they, uh, and they notice it has some um very dangerous venom. 
And so while they're figuring all this out, our poor photographer is having a lay down and this spider apparently fucking hates this guy because he goes, finds him, climbs into his bed, bites his hand, and the photographer seizes and dies in what is the most comical seizure I've ever seen Ooh. on TV. Oh, it was bad. That was really hard to watch death scene. He, I mean, he was, was like, yeah, he was trying to sell it. I, I, I applaud him. If you can picture him. what that would look like, that's what happened. But it was bad. I was like, oh boy. We're off to a good start. So... He is shipped home. Um, the spider catches a lift because um, apparently he's a real vindictive fucker. <laughs> um, he comes home with him, and when he isn't, stop moving him. <laughs> uh, while he, when he arrives at the morgue, he is totally emaciated. What's the word I want? Not emaciated. Oh, they no, they you they yeah, because they had two different words that they kept using. It was uh, oh my god, yeah, because Jeff Daniels explained the difference between one and the other We're one. We're just gonna go with emaciated. He's all the juices have been sucked out. Evi eviscerated. Eviscerated. That's the word. Is it job. really? Yeah. You see how oh, I got yeah. confused. Yeah, okay. So he's been eviscerated, um, and they're like, "How the hell did that happen?" And that <laughs> the. Uh, the more the guy that works at the morgue, who is honestly my hero, he's like eating a sandwich while cracking open the uh, coffin there. Um, he's like, oh, well, I guess they don't have as good a uh, technique for preserving bodies. So he calls the family to have a closed casket. And the um, spider proceeds to harass a dog and a cat. Well, it's creeping out of the building and gets picked up by a crow who flies it away until the spider um, also kills that. That's that was so great. Yeah. I remember watching that like, oh, he's got the birds got it. The birds like, ah, dive bomb. <laughs> um, uh. So he conveniently lands in the home of the it's the Jennings, correct? Yeah, because that's when they're moving into the to the new home out in the countryside. Yeah. So the Jennings yeah. family, yeah. who has recently moved out from San Francisco, they are moving into a um, country home with a barn, and Doctor Jennings is taking over a private practice in a small town to better help their stress and to just get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. So. The son notices the dead bird and um, the spider is gearing up for murder, um, but they call the son away at the last second. So the spider uh, proceeds to amuse himself by going into the barn and mating with another spider. There's a really beautifully, um, we were 10 seconds from uh, them playing some Barry White while some spiders did it moment. Yeah, that was, and that was man. I never seen a spider sex scene before, but I sure have now. Well, that was really funny because they kind of they like have the spiders walk up to each other. They both kind of raise their front arms, and it's like silhouetted really magically, like it would be for a love scene in a '90s movie. And then they're just like cut to the next scene. And you're like, I guess they did it. Oh, did you want to say about because uh, right before the whole crow thing? When the Jennings are inside, they see that they actually see a small spider, and then oh, yeah, I'm gonna okay, no, 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 I'm just asking because it was before. So, so uh, in the house, the um, Jennings are getting unpacked, and the son wigs out over a spider, which is literally like smaller than your pinky nail. 
Well, I guess it's about the size of a pinky nail. It's not a big spider. Um, and it turns out that Dr. Jennings has a serious fear of spiders, so his wife has to take care of it. And apparently they decided to flip gender roles on this stereotype, and the wife and the daughter are totally fine with these things. And um, the son and the husband are not. Also, while they're moving in, it turns out that um, Dr. Jennings is hella into wine. Like, super into wine. He's planning on turning his whole basement into a wine cellar. I just don't understand that. What's the point of having all that wine, like hundreds of bottles, and not drinking it? What's the point of that? Someone, Based some- on the number of bottles he had, he had, and the one best bottle he had was like $175 worth of wine. Like, so either... This is just your favoriteest bottle or the rest of these are some shitty wine. Because we're talking he's got like wall-sized racks. And we're, it's not like a one of those tiny under the stair walls. So we're talking like a full a, yeah, a basement yeah. wine cellar. There is a really spectacular scene where he's trying to like put nails in and the nails just go right through the floor. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> so he goes into town to talk to the retiring doctor who in a serious dick move decides that even though he has let this man move all the way out to this town in the middle of nowhere, um, give up his job in San Francisco, uproot his whole family. He's decided that if he retires, he'll die. So he decides (laughs) not to retire. And, uh, Jeff Daniels characters like, um, I, uh, but like, I, I need a job. And he's like, well, I'll let you know if I change my mind. Like, Oh, good. I'll just pay with my imaginary income in the meantime. It'd be a shame if something so, happened to you, wouldn't it? It'd be a shame if this place <laughs> burned to the right? ground. It'd be a shame if you fell down the stairs, Pops. You're one gust of wind from a broken <laughs> hip. So, yeah. So he... <laughs> yeah. As he's leaving, he starts to get a par- uh, parking ticket from the new sheriff, who's also kind of being a dick for no reason. And um, he meets this older lady. What? Keep talking. I'm, it's oh. a, it's a, my dad texts me. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I thought I did something wrong. No, I'm listening. Don't make listening. those faces. <laughs> so he meets this older woman who's very friendly, but also um, thinks that the current doctor is past his prime and not up to date on medical science, which is concerning <laughs> since he's carrying the whole town there. Yeah, he's not just like... Uh, one of one in like five doctors. He's like the doctor in this town. Just so the one. Just the one so, guy. Family practice. So she says she will be Dr. Jennings' first patient, and she will throw him a barbecue in a month to let him get to know other people, and that other people might have the opportunity to come see him. So then it just kind of cuts to a month later. And... Um, in this time, the spiders have been kind of uh, tricking out the uh, the barn. And um, well, welcome to MTV Cribs. Check out my spider webs, dog. It's like the whole top of the barn is covered in spider webs, yeah, and they find out like there are dead rats there, and um, they start to notice that there are no more crickets around. And they're like, "Where the shit have all these crickets gone?" But they are uh, at this barbecue. The lady's introducing him to everybody and helping him get to know the people of the town. And later that evening, after um, the whole 
oh my god i just lost my train of thought because you're wiggling your finger oh sorry oh my goodness stop visioning oh my god so after the barbecue the old lady is at home and um the one of these small little spiders that, that have decided to go into the wild um has made it into her house because she is also dr jennings neighbor not like super close neighbor so this uh spider really had to hoof it for murder um she gets bit on the hand and then dies instantly from this tiny spider who is minuscule next to the main spider but hey you know drones i guess that's how spiders work i wasn't aware of that till this film we'll have to do more research on how spider colonies work yeah it's sorry but also spiders are carnivores so more questions no they said and they said in this movie that spiders were cannibals I meant cannibals. Yeah, which so, I don't know how accurate that is, but... Google it. All right, I'll Google so, it. So, she's it. killed, and it is immediately blamed on Dr. Jennings as he had removed her from a heart medication that she, he felt she didn't need as her um, heart rate was above normal but not above concern levels. So, he's immediately blamed. Um, the town folk delightfully start calling him Dr. Death because apparently that's the only name for a doctor whose patient dies. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that even comes up in Grey's Anatomy. The first intern to kill someone gets called Dr. Death. You're like, is that the only name you guys got? That's it. It's all we have. Yeah. And um, so the gym coach decides to throw him a bone because he knows that people are a little wary of him. So he has him do the exams for the football team. And after the exam for the football team, one of these little bastard spiders gets into the helmet of one of the football players. Goosh is that kid too. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially people in the town start keeling uh, over and, the uh, Dr. Jennings starts becoming concerned. He's talked to an exterminator who, um, because he thought they had termites in the house after trying to put in nails in his basement and everything. um, And the nails shot right through the floorboard because apparently he really wanted to stab his wife in the foot with a nail. I love how he comes upstairs after that because he did like two or three before he realized that that was a bad idea. It's like, oh my God, I could have killed you. Like, what? In the foot. In the foot? Killed you right in the foot. The only way she, that could have happened if the wife was stupid enough to put her head down there and be like like listening in then nail gun to the ear. Like, ah, fuck. But yeah. That would have been a wild kill. That would have been great. Whoopsies. Sorry. Dif- different kind of movie, though. So, <laughs> so after uh. a spider, so they, they start to get concerned and they're about four deaths in when they realize that... Um, where Dr. Jennings is concerned that a spider might be involved. So he gets all the bodies, including two people who have already died, um, the old lady and one of the football players, and um, has their bodies exhumed. They start searching them all for spider bites, and he also makes a call to the scientist from the beginning of the film and um, states his concern, and he he initially brushes it off, but decides to send one of his grad students to take a look. So they decide they've got to go get a um, a specimen, and they meet up with the exterminator, who Delbert, 
yeah, John good old good, John Goodman. John Goodman, who had also recently inspected one of the um, houses in town when a um, one of the girls was in the shower, like this random girl was in the shower, and the spider fell on her face. <laughs> Terrible. That that was that was ugh. so. <laughs> Are you good over there? So they start searching around the house. They finally catch one. Um, and they notice it's extremely poisonous. And the grad student tells the scientist, like, you need to get the, you need to get out here. Oh, that was a great scene when the guy's like, yeah, this is like above my pay grade, dude. You you should probably get out here. I like I'm just kind of bullshitting half the stuff I'm doing. Uh, yeah. So. So this is where the film really picks up because um, they start to really run around and they're like trying to figure out where the spiders are coming from, what's attracted them. Dr. Jennings put together that um, the spiders are from the um, recent trip to Brazil that uh, the, the scientist had made. And once he figures that all out, the scientist also starts to take this more seriously. And so Dr. Jennings puts together and decides that the nest has to be where all the eggs would be in the barn. Well, we should probably, you know, cap it off here eventually. I don't want to give everything away. Well, let me finish. My all right, sentence. all right. I'm just okay. Okay. I don't know how far you're going, man. So, <coughs> it's all a race back to the house to stop the spiders before they spread anymore because there's they've decided there's one alpha spider who's the spider from the beginning because he becomes the new alpha in his new environment. And um, they're all trying to get there in time to save the day before they all get murderated by a shit ton of spiders. Here she comes to save the day. And uh, yes, we are going to cut it off here. But I will say that the um, the climax of the film, while fun, is also just downright silly. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a giant explosion because it was kind of going that way. And then I didn't get it. And I felt very sad because... When you introduce fire into a basement that late into a movie, two things can happen. One, it can be really lame and be put out, or it can go kaboom, and it would be amazing and a fit of glory. Sadly, they went the kind of sadder route. I was so ready for just like like the critter. Remember the explosion in Critters? Just the house just yeah. In 80s epic glory. Did not happen. So ending was slightly anticlimactic for me, but yes, also very odd. I also have some other problems, but what do you look like? You're about to fire off of something. So I no, want to, no, 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 Oh, talk about no. So uh, the movie was just a bit too long for me. It was all, you know, you're pushing two hours. It was kind of slow. I feel like they could have cut, could have cut out like the first 20 minutes and explained because it took so long for the spiders to get to where they needed to go before the plot started to go. I mean, we're talking 25 minutes of backstory on spiders. Like, bro, just fucking, just condense it. So it took a little bit too long, and then there was a lot of kind of slow parts in the middle. But with the, with the negatives, I will add that John Goodman was hysterical. I wish he had a bigger role. He wasn't in it a lot, but he was absolutely hysterical. And I really liked how the town... It's just like, we don't like outsiders. Like, but I'm a doctor. Why would I lie to you? Because they're just like against Jeff Daniels, the whole town, like the except for uh, Molly. I think that was a lady's name who was like his first patient. But just like, I'm just trying to help. I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not coming into this town. I was coming to take over this guy's practice. Like, 
what, I'm not like an evil person. So I just thought that was kind of that dynamic, how everyone was against them and siding with the doctor who was obviously delusional because he didn't know a goddamn thing. So I just thought that was a funny dynamic to watch play out through the end. But um, yeah, I did enjoy it. We'll get to the ratings after you're uh, done with the review there. Did you have a favorite kill? I, I didn't have a favorite kill. I didn't really. I, I mean, I vote the bird. I mean, <laughs> Because that was so funny because they're like, oh, I guess there's the end and Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, there wasn't really any specific horror moments that... Because there's being bit by a spider. It was like... also PG-13, so there wasn't a lot of blood. I don't think, I mean, barely um, and any. And also, if the spiders are that small, how much blood are you going to show? See, I thought we were going to get giant, big, like, You're huge... thinking of eight-legged freaks. No, I know, but... When I was reading the trivia, putting the the list, you know, the sheet together for the episode, it said something about Big Bob or something like that about the tarantula or some big spider. So I thought we were going to get a comically large, big ass, giant alpha male spider, and we didn't get that. So that's why I was also kind of like, oh, I was kind of, I just kind of wanted more from it. Like, I like Jeff Daniels in this role, although he was kind of a dick for a little bit of the movie. He's kind of a little snooty. In the beginning, he was kind of snooty to his family. And I just thought, is he going to kind of be like a dick? But, you know, he's just, he's very, very terrified of spiders to the point where, like, his limbs go, like, you know, his limbs freeze up. So I know when they. He is the arachnophobia. Yeah. he. <laughs> uh, so I know that's why he was kind of. Because, you know, his, his wife at one point, like, you need to go look at this spider web up there. Uh, in the barn, and he's like, no, I can't do that. I had a traumatic experience, but she makes him do it anyways. And then he fucking, like, one of the rungs in the ladder breaks, and he falls down and, like, has, like, a heart attack, essentially, because he's like, didn't want to do that. So maybe that's why he's kind of snooty in the beginning. <laughs> I'd probably be kind of snooty, too, if you made me do that, or if you made, if I made you do that, you probably, probably would Yeah, not. that'd be a fat chance in hell. I mean, <laughs> a spider a web, sure, no. I'll look at a, a spider web, but if you're like, look at this pile of cockroaches. Burn down the barn. Where I just will burn it to the ground. Good news for you. I would never do that. I would sorry. That's good. I would have been like, look at this fire that I made. What was that? Nothing. Roaches. It's fine. They're on fire. It's all good. They're all gone now. Um. Yeah. I'll get to the. Are you gonna do the uh, trivia now? Yep. All right. I'll do the ratings afterwards. So one thing that was super fun. It's not really. Um. There's a couple of trivia related to this, but um. One of the things that was um super fun about. The trivia was how much emphasis they put on the care and protection of every little spider on set. Like they were very serious about spider safety protocols. But and that's good though, you know. Like, and they even for any dead spiders in the film, they made sure they were die spiders that died of natural causes um, to keep the spiders safe. And I thought that was really amusing that they were like spider safety priority one. So. Yeah. Makes me respect that. I mean, I respect it. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't just make a movie and then um, they're like, ah, spiders are toys. They're no, no, no. We want them in the film. We've got to treat them nicely. Yeah, because there there was not many fake spiders. I'd say eighty percent. Yeah, were real spiders, which you can't train spiders. <laughs> so the animatronic general spider seen at the film's climax was one of the earliest prop jobs done by Jamie Heineman. Uh, who stars and co-produce uh, Mythbusters. You might know him. Vaguely familiar. Vaguely. Um, the spider sound, uh, or the sound of the spider being crushed by John Goodman was made um, by the Foley artist by crushing a couple of potato chips. 
And if you don't know what a Foley artist is, that's the person who makes the sound effects like the crunching, the slapping, the punching noises. That is their job. It's I would the lo- coolest I would job. I love that job. We have to watch um, the coolest. Mystery Science Theater 3000, the Cave Dwellers episode. They do a whole Foley bit, uh, Foley artist bit, which is really funny and really stupid. But I'm sure I love it that. is. That's why that one's my favorite. Ah. Well, not just that scene, but yeah. So um, the film... The first film to be released under Disney's Hollywood Pictures label, it uh, the label that was created so that the studio could release more adult-oriented films. Boom. And um, during an interview with GQ, John Goodman let slip that while filming a long shot of his character driving the exterminator truck, producer Steven Spielberg sat in the passenger side footwell out of view of the camera and quip to Goodman, only we will know I was here. Psych, now we all know. Ha ha! Yeah, fun fact, uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg also only signed on to this film under the condition that John Goodman would play the exterminator. And the, what a uh, weird... The director, uh, uh, Frank Marshall, who had also worked with um, John Goodman on the same film that Steven Spielberg did, was like, yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. What an odd thing. Like, okay, so for the small role of the exterminator, John Goodman or I'm fucking out. I'm not doing it. What? I love that. That's and, so awesome. Um, in several scenes where a spider is stepped on or a book falls on a spider, a hole cushioned with foam rubber was carved into the shoe or book, allowing space to protect the spider. And the scenes were then shot and cuts in cuts and edited. Yeah. Um, which is something we had talked about. Like I said, they were very serious about their spider safety and yeah, they, they went through a lot of effort. They had like, spider wranglers yeah because they had to figure out how to get spiders to go you know move in a certain way so sometimes you'll see little strings attached to them where they kind of you know where they kind of will touch the spider to move and they also had um some sort of uh like chemical or something something that the spiders like can sense and smell or whatever and don't like so they get them to go the opposite way so they would line they would line a path like that so they would stay it was just really cool because and you know i really i really appreciate that that they use spiders they're like okay how can we get these motherfuckers go a from b or you know to go from point a to point b it was really cool there's a lot of shots of spiders just doing wacky things yeah it's not like um when they did that one dog movie not too long ago and they had a video where like the dog was supposed to jump in this water and instead of making sure it wanted to do it, they totally yeeted the dog into the water. Oh, they just good. threw it in for the scene. You're like, that's not, that's not how that works. Ugh. These people treated spiders better than you did that dog. That's just, yeah. that should say something about you as a person. You're a terrible person. <sighs> All right. So that's arachnophobia from 1990. We had to rent that. I think on Amazon, Correct. Uh, 3.2 out of five on the Letterboxd, And it has a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So that is exactly the same rating. Um, across each platform. I gave it a three, thought it was good, just too long for me, and a little anticlimactic. So. I concur. Okay, so we both gave it threes. Still watch it. It's still good 90s fun, but I just I think I was expecting a little bit more than, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, All right, let's move on to the wackier of the two for, uh, for so many reasons, and this is my pick, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, rated R, runtime of an hour and 32 minutes, listed as an action fantasy horror Released on July 13th, 1995. This is directed by a man named Ernest R. Dickerson. And uh, he did this movie you may or may not know called Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and somebody Wayans, Marlon, Damon, Sean. One of those Wayans. The Wayans Brothers. 
Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, they're like a, it's like a cop thing movie. I've never seen it, but I know what it is. Uh, he's also done a bunch of ec- or episodes of Dexter, The Walking Dead, and Purge TV show. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this is starring, well, I mean, not really starring, but, you know, the Crypt Keeper, John Kassir. Uh, man, is, man has like 247 acting credits, so he stay working. 245 of them, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Probably. Um, and this also stars Billy Zane. <laughs> he's we come do up, love our Billy Zane. He's come up a couple times in uh, recent episodes. Uh, and you know what's funny? What? Is they've brought up Billy Zane like four times on Psych this one season. They even mentioned it in an episode where they got on a really old boat uh-huh. and they're like what are we looking out for here billy zane because they were mentioning dead calm and i was like jesus what's with billy zane coming sure into our lives sure they weren't mentioning titanic no because it was an old like dilapidated boat and they were oh, making wow. a joke about the condition it oh, was a shit. total dead calm <laughs> reference oh, shit. Wow. and then later on one of them lies and says their name is william zane jeez billy zane's rolling into our lives hard i know hardcore man everywhere so billy zane he plays the collector you obviously know him from titanic as cal or uh dead calm which we reviewed recently as such and such guy i can't remember his name willie john (laughs) anyways continuing on can uh another guy that's in this is william sadler as breaker he was in a little movie called shawshank redemption as haywood I mean, this is a very odd cast because the next one is Jada Pinkett Smith. It's just so so random that she's in this. She plays Jerry Line, which is a fucking horrible, hideous name. Sorry, Jada. Jerry Lynn. Jerry, no, it's Jerry Line. I thought. Yeah, but they. It's Jerry Lynn. Lynn. Either way, it's not that great of a name. Uh, she was also in The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions as Niobe and other things. I just you may know her as Will Smith's wife. That too. She also plays Will Smith's wife in real life. And last but not least, I skipped some other people because they weren't as notable. But then we have Thomas Hayden Church as Roach. Uh, I know him from George of the Jungle as Lyle. He's been in a lot. Everybody knows him from George of the Jungle. He's been in a lot of other shit. So, I mean, you look at this group of people and, you you, you know, you put them all in the same room and you're like, you guys should not all be in the same room. You guys are completely. It's just such a wild uh, uh, cast, at least to me. I don't know. Uh, We got a budget. Roughly of $13 million, grossed $21 million. Now, we had this discussion with Michael last week. All the budgets that I'm getting are all estimated. I don't know exactly. It's all according to IMDb and Box Office Mojo. And then how much they grossed is their their theatrical gross. So not overall, just what they gross in theaters. Anyways, movies that came out around the same time, which is actually kind of funny. Dumb and Dumber, because Jeff Daniels was in that. Uh, Little Women, Mixed Nuts, Richie Rich. Legends of the Fall, Street Fighter, the live-action Jungle Book, Showgirls, In the Mouth of Madness, and Billy Madison. I mean, I've only seen, I've only not seen two of those. I mean, dude, that's an, and that's in like within with give or take a month. All those awesome movies came out like 1995. That was, that was a good, that's a good span of time right there the for 90s awesome were a movies. Fun time for movies. That's true. Uh, body count. Now I'm only counting living people. Because there's a people uh, who started alive. Yeah, because obviously from the name, there's a lot of demons in this, and I think it was ten because later in the movie, other people that were alive, I think, pop up as demons. So you're gonna get at least ten body uh, count people. plus demons. So plus, plus don't demons. worry, there's bodies everywhere. And uh, my specific horror moment, which I'm sure is yours as well, is the straight punch through the fucking head, like. Fucking Billy Zane punches a guy through the face. His arm gets stuck in the guy's head. He rips off the guy's head and can't shake it off. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was pretty spectacular. It was gorgeous. 
It was, yeah. it was amazing. Was I that agree. your okay? So that was yours too. I mean, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to beat that. Um, all right, so let's get into the review here or the um, the plot. plot. There we go. You're so, reviewing it now. I'm reviewing it now. Here we go. So it starts off kind of odd at first because I didn't understand what was happening. But long story short, the Crypt Keeper is directing a horror movie. And it's like you're on the set of a horror movie. It's like, okay, cool. And then he gives you like a very brief intro. And then we just get thrown into the movie. Uh, we cut to a man named Breaker in his car. And he's obviously running away from someone. And that's Billy Zane. And we know him as the collector in this movie. Um, so his car breaks down. Breaker's car starts to break down. That's funny. Um, and then he pulls out his gun and starts to just fire shots at Billy Zane, who's going insanely fast at him. Hella speedy. So Zane's car, I'm, I'm going to call him Zane because the collector, it's too much to say. So um, Zane's car starts to catch fire and Breaker is barely able to get out of his car before Zane completely destroys this thing. He flies into this car at 100 miles an hour. Huge explosion happens. Boom. Breaker walks away. So I, I thought, okay, is, is Billy Zane just dead already? Is it one of these like scream moments where he's just in the first... 30 seconds and that's it well no we'll get back to that in just a second so breaker makes his way to this place called wormwood in new mexico where he tries to steal a car and fails and it's kind of important because the little kid that rats him out to his dad comes back later when they're like go underneath the tunnels or whatever so keep that in the back of your head and i guess his dad also comes back later as demons or something like that that group of people at the bar yeah something like that yeah so then after he fails stealing the car, he, you know, he runs off into the night, as you do. And then we cut back to the crash, where apparently the collector didn't die at all because he just shows back up because, you, you know, you're undead. He, he walked it off. It's fine. It's fine, which is kind of odd. And uh, these cops come up to the scene and they're like, what happened here? And did he did he tell them what happened? I can't remember. Did he, he say said I, he was chasing a man uh, that stole from me? And they're like, what made you drive that fast? He was like, it was important. OK, yeah. So th then he hops in the back of his car or uh, in the back of the cop car and they go. They, so they know they head into town. Breaker eventually finds this motel to lay low for a bit. And it's funny because when he gets there, the lady is like, we don't take strangers and something else. Right? No? I don't remember what it was. Oh, uh, well, she says there's two people they don't serve, strangers and something else. And then he just pulls out this fat wad of hundreds, and she's like, all right, then, I'll take you to your room. He gives her, like, a $100 bill. And she's like, yeah, I guess money talks, right? Yeah, because, like, that <laughs> uh, vagranty looking dude who yeah. was also there took him there. He's like, I got a place you can stay. Well, it's funny, too, because we have both movies that had small towns that did not like strangers. Because Breaker comes True. in out of nowhere, and everyone's like, who are you? What are you doing here? Um, so yeah, he pulls out the money. She's like, all right, that's fine. I guess I'll take you to your room now. Uh, there, I should mention there are some characters at this place. Cause you have Geraldine, Cordelia, Irene, uncle Willie and Roach. Boy, those are a lot of, that's a lot going on for that motel because Cordelia is a prostitute. She is, but she keeps pretending she's totally not. That's she right. definitely is. Irene runs the place. Jerry Line works there. Uncle Willie is... As a work release program. Oh, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uncle Willie's a crazy vagrant guy who led Breaker there. And then you have Roach, who is coming to see Cordelia to, uh, you know, bounce chicka wow wow. And then there's that mailman who's also there. The mail... Oh, um, Wally, I think. Yeah, Wally. yeah. So anyways, he's there with all these people. It's fucking odd. And then we see... They come back to the collector. He's riding into town. 
And then they get a little, uh, the cops get a little, um, what's it called? Radio. And they're, they, they say something about the guy trying to steal the car. So then they go into town. And then for some reason, they don't go to the bar, though. They go straight to the motel, which I thought was kind of odd. You know, they didn't like go well, because... to where it happened. They just went straight to the motel. I don't know. I thought that was weird. Um, no, they went to the bar briefly and then they got a call from the uh, lady that owned the hotel, um, about the, the guy who had showed up. Oh shit. Okay. Then I completely missed that. I apologize. Never mind. Um, it was a really brief scene. Okay. Then I must've been taking notes. So that, that's what happens when I take notes. I have to look at my phone to take notes and then I miss shit. So, and if he paused it every time I'd kill him, I would never want to do that. It would take four hours to watch an hour and a half long movie. Um, not every film is a Snyder cut. <laughs> but it can be. Um, so the collector and the cops show up to the motel. And, you know, cops immediately draw their guns because he's the guy that tried to steal a car. So what he does very subtly is just take Geraldine like hostage with like a knife to her throat. And then the collector's like, he won't do it. He won't do it. And he doesn't. So he called it. And then they put him in handcuffs. They put Breaker in handcuffs. And uh, the collector goes to search him where he thinks the key should be. But it's not there. And this is probably the most hilarious thing in this movie because they go check his room. They search all over the place. And then Uncle Willie's like, ah, wait, I remember where it was. Goes over to the table where Breaker is being handcuffed and just reaches under the table and then pulls it out. I'm like, you guys didn't fucking think to check. What? Like What? Don't forget while they were checking around the deputy notices that Cordelia or Coraline, what the Cordelia Cordelia and uh, Roach are in her bedroom where they're having sex and she has got tiny little clamps attached oh, yeah. to a battery <laughs> on his nipples. And he's so uh, they, when they pull them downstairs, the really classy line of, I assume that was a personal visit and not a, um, what, like a, a vocational one. Like they were like, I'm, Basically, like, I hope you weren't doing prostitution up there and this was just for funsies. Yeah, apparently that was for funsies because who doesn't like a car battery to their nipples? Um, I personally find the concept of clamps on nipples horrifying, let alone add electricity. Say, like, add a battery to that. Fuck that. That's uh, not what those are there for. So, yeah, you get that wonderful scene and the cop who's kind of, you know, glaring in there like a fucking weirdo. Oh, yeah, it was super creepy. Yeah. Like, can you not do that ever, ever again? So eventually they find the key or they, yeah. Cause it's, it's a, it's a relic in the shape of a key. So it's this With big liquid in it. Well, I'm getting there. It's this big giant key. Okay. I'd say maybe about six to eight inch key. And yeah. <laughs> it's this big, that big. Can you see? So anyway, the, the collector is like, Hey, you should empty that out and then hand it over to me. But then breaker's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. So the cops are like, all right, enough of this shit. We're taking you guys both to the station because I don't know what the hell's happening here. So they decide to go do that. But Collector's like, oh, I don't really like that because that's when you get him. You know, they all start walking out. Billy Zane's in the back and he just punches the dude through the head. Obviously, the guy dies. And like I said earlier, he can't get his arm out. So he just yanks his head off and eventually is able to fling the dude's head off. And that was just one of the most glorious scenes I audibly was like, holy shit, did not see any of that coming. So uh, I totally um, blanked there for a second. Did you say why they were getting arrested? What do why, you mean, why? why they were both getting arrested at that point? 
Oh, was the collector getting arrested? Yeah, because okay, they, I guess, I guess um, we should just review this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's okay. There was a lot of like little things going on, but then they found out that uh, both trying to hit highlights. Sorry, both of the cars were stolen. So they, well, originally they weren't doing anything with the collector because um, the other guy had is the one who had done the theft. They find out both cars were stolen. So, um, but that's he doesn't why. put uh, the collector in handcuffs. Um, no, or they were he? starting to like guide him out. Oh, okay, well, I guess I'm missing the little details that happened. There That's was, what I'm here for. That was a there team was, effort. There was like a lot of a lot of layers to this movie. There's there was some there was a lot of plot subplot, whatever the opposite of subplot is. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on, and I tr- I try to take as best as good of. I think you're doing great. As good of notes as I can. Anyways, so after the whole face gooshing scene, uh, Breaker manages to get out of his cuffs, gets the key. The not the keys to the handcuffs, obviously, because he just broke out of those. The actual relic key gets it off of the cop, and then the collector comes over there to try and get it from him. But then this is when Breaker pushes it against his face and it starts to burn him. So we learn okay, whatever that thing is, it's no good for that guy. So keep the key away. But then Billy Zane just yeets himself out the window because he's like, ah, I'm gone. And then you're like, what the fuck is what was that? Just because you got burned, you have to immediately leave. All right, bro. So then he's out there. And he says, this place is now condemned. And then starts summoning all these fucking demons out of the ground after he cuts his hand open and green goop starts to pour out, which, by the way, was glow stick fluid. Uh, So that was cool. So he just starts, like, spreading around all this green goop and all these fucking demons start rising from the ground. So this is the point where you know, okay, shit's going down. We should probably figure out how to keep the demons at bay. And this is when... Breaker is able to hold some of them off by taking the liquid that's in the key, placing it at the bottom of the window, and it creates like this like invisible shield that if they do pass through, they get blown into oblivion. So they 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 kind of have to stay out there because they can't cross whatever that threshold is that we don't know at this time. Um, so then later on, we find out that the only way to defeat the demons is the blood in the key or shooting them both in, in the both eyes. Not just one. You have to shoot them in both eyes. And then this laser beam of green shoots out and this epic chaos, fireworks and shit, and then they explode or something like that. Pretty much. Very wild. Uh, Then we also find out in a random flashback that Jesus has something to do with this. Because you see like three people on the cross and then there's a demon and there's this guy with curly hair and he he gets the blood from Jesus and then puts it in the key and it fights the demon. So it's a very odd kind of... um, they don't really explain it, but basically that the blood of Jesus is keeping these demons at bay. Don't know why these demons are here. Yeah. Don't well, know, I know what they're, they're doing after, here. After the key. I know, but but before that. Yeah, I don't know why they were there before <laughs> that. I think they said something about the seventh key was given to a carpenter who was then crucified. And you're like, then how'd that dude get the key? Yeah, so... So there's I, a little bit of uh, a gap there, but... And I may have missed it. They may have explained it. Like I said, there is, like, a lot in the way of plot for this movie because also uh, Breaker has these stars on his hand that keep lighting up and, like, rearranging or something. So something to do with that. What? That is that he says... And this was, like, he says it really low and I was really confused for half a second, so I'm not surprised if you didn't hear this part. Oh. Because the fact that he mentioned it again, I'm like, oh, that is what he was talking about. Was that, so there are seven keys, and the demons have six. They want the seventh one that he has. So there's always somebody who is um, given the key, and they have to carry it for, could be hundreds of years, until 
all the stars line up, which the stars appear in his hand. And once they line up into a circle, then he knows that he will be in a group of seven people. And one of those people will be the next to carry on the uh, the legacy and oh, protect the shit. key. Oh, shit. I missed that. God damn. See, this is a movie I have to rewatch because there's so much. There's so much. Yeah. To this so movie. that's that's the whole reason. Like he knows he has to protect it and find out who the next person will be. It's almost like uh, it's like it follows, but r- religious and not sex. You know what I mean? Yes. It's almost like it follows. You know, someone's always going to be chasing you because you have this thing and you have to pass it along. That's kind of cool. All right, so after all that, we see the collector, like, like telepathically communicating with Cordelia. Yeah. He's doing that whole demon trick, get inside your mind. Yeah, thing. get inside your mind. He's like, let me in. You should let me in to like the place, the establishment. I'd like to be there. And, uh, and then doing your standard bullshit to get you to do it thing. Yeah. So she eventually somehow you know lets him in. But, like, not to the building, to, her, like, her mind at first, because she starts coming on to Wally, which is that post office guy. And you know that that's, you know, that's a trick. I mean, of course, he, you know, as a man, you'd be like, yeah, all right. This is weird. Never done this before, but okay. Because she asks him, you know, you've been in love with me for some time. He's like, he's like, yeah, I definitely have. So taking advantage of that guy to get, you know, Billy Zane in. And uh, right as they start to, I guess, have sex. Do it. Yeah, everyone starts hearing screaming from that room while everyone runs up there. And then we see Cordelia is some fucking hideous monster who has completely decimated, or wait, eviscerated Wally, ripped him to shreds. Um, And then they eventually kill Cordelia in, in in a great fit of glory. Now... Kind of with that going on, you also have another thing going on kind of at the same time. It kind of goes back and forth. But uh, we also find out that the group goes to the basement to try to escape. And they somehow put it together that there's a mine shaft behind one of the walls. So the group's like, we should. Oh, it's because the cat got inside after they um, got all the doors locked down. Oh, there you go. Damn cat. It's like Pet cemetery. Cat always finds a way inside. And That's what they do. That's what they do. So they figure out that there is a mine shaft. Uh, behind one of the like uh, uh, bookcases, I don't know, whatever the fucking things the down shelves. there. Shelves. There we go. Jeez, that's a word I could not think of. So the group is Jungle like, River. we need <laughs> Jungle River. We need to bust a hole in that and escape. But Breaker's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. That's a terrible idea because once you're down in those tunnels, it's going to be really easy to get trapped. All you have to do is have, you know, I mean, he's not saying this. This is what I was doing in my head. Billy Zane can pop down there, throw some demons behind you. It's game over. So he's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. But they don't listen and they break a hole in it. And uh, he goes down there to see that. So he puts the little uh, blood down there to, to seal the you know, the hole up so that way the demons can't come in. Um, well, Thomas Hayden Church fucks that up real quick. I'm not going to say why, but he fucks it up and a lot of the other shelves come down. So now there's a bunch of holes in the shelves and it's not guarded because only that one spot was and the demons are able to get in. And that is where I will leave it because fucking chaos ensues after that. It is wild. It's fun time. It is a wild movie. Uh, I really like Jada Pinkett Smith in that. I liked everyone because it was such a, it was just, it was a very odd and diverse crowd but it worked well together or they worked well together um i mean billy zane is the bad guy is always a good time and then uh, i i kept getting william sadler confused for that one guy from fucking remember the titans who is also in armageddon yeah that guy i i got got, because i was like he was in remember the titans right as the coach and i saw the other guys like oh nope that was definitely him so um 
but yeah, everyone did a great job. A lo- I mean, there was not a lick of CG. I don't think I saw any CG or um, claymation or anything. It was all practical effects. And there was a lot of like goop and gore and blood and guts. It's everything I want from a movie. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It's everything I want. Um, and I actually might bump up the rating because I there, there's a lot of plot points I missed that made me like that even more. Um, so yeah, this is one I can't recommend enough. I bought the Shout Factory Collector's Edition. I think it was a Collector's Edition. Uh, so if you can buy that, buy that. Picture looks great. It sound. I mean, it sounded amazing too. It was such a good time. Now let's get to okay specific horror moments. Obviously, punch to the head. Get to some trivia here. Uh, not too much, but this was purposely released on Friday the thirteenth in January because. The Tales from the Crypt movies were originally to be tied with traditional horror weekends, quote unquote, such as Friday the 13th or Halloween. Oh, and can I also say, I can't tell you how many years I thought it was quote on quote, like on, not un. Yeah. I, I was saying quote on quote, not quote unquote. Quote on for, top of another quote. Yeah. Yeah. For mm-hmm. so that many. Makes sense. Made sense to me until I, until I saw it spelled out. And I was like, I've been saying that wrong for so many years. Uh, let's see. Oh. The studio originally wanted Cameron Diaz for the role of Jerry Line, but director Ernest Dickerson convinced the producers to cast Jada Pinkett Smith instead. I agree with that decision. I don't think Cameron Diaz would have fit in that movie, unfortunately. Love her as an actress, but Jada had that angsty vibe going on that Cameron Diaz, I don't think, could have pulled off. I agree. Yeah. She's more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever this is. She's more whatever. bubbly. Yeah, I was going to say more bubbly She can do happy. serious for sure, but uh, yeah. she's more bubbly. All right, so we got another another interesting weird one. Apparently, birds had nested in the rafters of the set, which caused audio problems. So before each take, the crew would fire off a blank gunshot. Shit. Gunshot. <laughs> a blank gunshot to startle and quiet the animals, because nothing shuts you up like a fake bullet to the air. Uh, according to Billy Zane, this is his personal favorite film slash performance of his own. And you know what? Fucking, agree. fucking agreed because he was excellent in this. He was very sarcastic in the film. I also decided by uh, this movie that he has a very odd face. It's like I just want to, I just want to slap him. I don't know why. He's, his his eyebrows are like perfectly manicured. I just, just he's. Just, uh. Yeah, I actually uh, saw this thing where this girl was explaining how like there are traditionally good looking people and there are ugly hot people and there are hot ugly people and he's a hot ugly person. What's the difference between ugly, hot, and hot, ugly? You're so um, ugly, you're hot? Or you're so hot, you're ugly? Like uh, (laughs) Bill Skarsgård would be ugly, hot. Bill Skarsgård. Pennywise! Yeah, but Billy Zane would be hot, ugly. That does not... You're not explaining what the difference is. It's like, okay, so (laughs) one of... So ugly, hot would be someone who's got, like, a very weird face, like Rami Malek, but, like, they're still hot. And then um, a hot, ugly person would be someone who's hot, but they've got something like an undertone of like something else going on that's not traditionally attractive. Yeah, because Billy Zane's like a good looking dude, but something about him, I'm just like, I just want to slap you in your stupid face. Hot, ugly. Yeah. It's so weird. Plus, he was bald in this, wasn't he? He's bald in like so many of his movies. Was he bald in the other one? Dead Calm? No, he was. That was one of his earliest movies. That was before he became popular. But he was bald in this. He was bald in uh, Only You. Um, The Boys episode. He was randomly. He wasn't even in that as a guest star. He was just in the background of the movie as himself. (laughs) I'm like, is that Billy Zane back there? Wait, The Boys. 
Yeah, when they oh, go to that convention, about, he's I, literally in the background as I himself. You were talking about the show. Yeah, the show. Oh, what? he's just in the background of oh. one of the episodes. Well, that's weird. Yeah, um, can I cameo as myself Zoolander, for no particular reason? But also have no lines. I'll just be back here. You won't even know I'm there unless you have an acute eye. I have an acute eye. My eyes are cute. <laughs> you have an acute face. Jesus. Anyways, like I said earlier, uh, I guess I just kind of said this trivia. The green slime was taken from glow sticks, which the FX crew disassembled. And, uh, and lastly, I thought it was kind of cool because the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> My God, why do I have a podcast? I can't even fucking say words. I can't even read words. Actually, I actually, reading is hard. I have a really hard time reading to begin with. I just try to, I try to beat myself to, yeah. Anyways, so the Crypt Keeper, when he's walking around, a puppet head was superimposed over the body of a real actor who was wearing a green mask. I thought that was kind of cool because you can see him get off the chair in the beginning. And I was like, that's the scene. That's what I read in the trivia. Ah, it's happening. Yes. And then uh, after that, they kind of hide the camera behind uh, the director chair. Yeah. And he kind of just saunters on over. So that's all I had. I gave this a four, which I might change it to a four and a half because it was so good. It was near, near fucking perfect. I'd go three and a half. Three and a half? You are like, you are, you are, out of the, out of the both of us, you are definitely the critic here. Which I'm is so s- funny because on other movies, I'm like, this movie's amazing. I'm so generous with my movies because. You are. Well, it's because like, you know, especially with something like this, this is everything I want in a movie. Great actors, great fucking story, goop, gore, and blood, and insanity. Well, That's- see, the difference is, is that you have a system for rating, whereas I vibe with a number and I go with that one. That's true. I have a strict system that and I, I keep to. Is that I good? A, I have a vibe. Three stars. Is it great? Okay, three and a half. Um, so this has a 3.4 out of five on the letterbox, which is actually pretty, subs- I mean, a little bit better than Arachnophobia by 0.2. Um, I mean, I think it's an overall stronger film because it's shorter and it is... More action back. It's just fucking wild. And then this has a 6.7 on IMDb. So probably going to move it to a four and a half. Not going to lie. I can't recommend this enough. Seriously, buy this movie. If Even if you've never heard of it, blind buy this movie and watch it. It is. I'm 75% certain I've already seen this movie. It's so good. But like when I was too young to really remember all That's of it. True, but I'm yeah. fairly certain I have because I also know I've seen Bordello of Blood. But I haven't. I don't really remember a lot of it. I just know I've seen it. Well, I want to watch the other because I think there's two more Tales from the Crypts movies. Well, we can watch Bordello of Blood. Well, apparently, one of the Corys isn't it? Apparently, this is the best one according to like internet rankings because I looked up to see which ones were the best. So, Demon Knight. I guess we started with the uh, the best one, but still watch the other well, one. So, that is Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Check it out. Oh, you're going first? Or no, going you're first? going first. Oh my God, we're almost going to have to, we're almost going to be out of stuff, man. Well, well, then we can go to question two. All righty, we're doing, oh, it's true. We're doing horror trivia. You can get this on Amazon for $10. We're not playing it the way we should, so here we go. What 2012 slasher film is a story about an annual ritual sacrifice to appease the ancient ones? <gasps> Cabin in the Woods. Which, by the way, just had its... Uh, 10 year came so out to the 12. 12 so that would be next year would be it so yeah nine years ago a couple like a couple days ago i said oh my god it's been that long oh fucking I remember love. seeing it in theaters good times fucking all love. right how'd you see that in theaters kevin in the woods oh you were 22 never mind yeah i was a lot la- i was, I, was, like, I, was I didn't like, have to ask my parents to go i was allowed to get in the theater I was by like, myself you were 12 how did you see that just kidding no Denver. oh my god 
In what movie could you find three individuals out in the woods with a video camera searching for a witch? What a dumb wow. way to describe it. They could have just said not the, anything but the witch, the Blair Witch Project from 1999. You didn't need the year. That wow. They could have been like searching for the mysterious. three? Five. Oh, okay. The mysterious ancient one. Well, it usually depends on how quick we do them. If we do them quick, then we'll go to five. If we bump out of cards, three would probably be better. What 2013 film was inspired by the Amityville Horror story and features paranormal investigations? What? Which 2013 film was inspired by the Amityville Horror? The Conjuring? Yes. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess it makes oh, sense if you really think about it. Oh, no, that it. makes sense because, yeah, the beginning, there, yeah. there's a scene where she walks around shooting all the, uh, okay. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 for me. What director of Drag Me to Hell hmm. is most famous? Oh, the director of Drag Me to Hell is most famous for what other horror franchise? The Evil Dead? The answer was the Evil Dead series. Oh, fuck off. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get off the table. All right. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Name that movie. Really? That's that's so vague. That is so vague. Uh, it could literally be any horror movie so many... in existence. Oh, my God. That's so dumb. I didn't even know. Aliens? The Fly. What? I don't remember that at all. I don't think that was a thing. All right, two to Juon two. Juon was an inspiration for what American horror film? Oh my God, get off the table. The Grudge. Yeah. Okay. So three to two. I could I could possibly win this. Woo. Woo. This 2010 film involved unwilling participants in a Nazi doctor's sadistic experiments. Human centipede? Yeah, but full title. The human centipede? There's some in, something in parentheses. Why the hell would I know what that is? It's part of the title, so... Okay, well, I only know that film as The Human Centipede. Fine. It's the first sequence. I'll give it to you. God. I had no idea that that was the rest of the Oh, title. shit. We should have put these the other way. Fuck. Oh, my God. Just shuffle them and go. Oh, just shuffle them? Okay. Yeah, so it's <laughs> Human Centipede. <laughs> so that's three to three. I know. So it's Human Centipede first sequence. Human Centipede. Two. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Um, second sequence and then final sequence? I don't know. I've watched all of them one time, and that was enough. I don't need to I see... I watched them zero times, and I'm going to continue that streak onto my dying day. Yeah, it's just... It's just... No, no interest. It's just, yeah. Nope. You don't need to see it. I mean, if that's, if that's your thing, if you just kind of like that gross, disgusting, awkward... Then you've got... You should talk to somebody about that. I mean, listen, I mean, listen. I like a lot of weird shit too. Just saying, if that's your thing. Don't don't rush me on, lady. Three to, three to three. Come on. Okay. And what movie could you? Oh wait. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Whoa, easy there, what killer. What 2017 film involves a boy who is accidentally witness to a cult ritual in his house and has to survive the night? What? Netflix movie. Don't, okay, well, you didn't need to do that. I mean, it literally says Netflix in there. Cool. Say, say it again. I'm sorry. What 2017 Netflix film involves a boy who accidentally witnesses a cult ritual in his house and has to survive the night? I fucking have no idea. I have no idea. You give up? Yeah. The babysitter. Oh, damn. 
All right. I might pull All it right. out. Three to three. Wait, no. Do I have four? You have three. What TV show remake is based on a 1985 movie starring Michael J. Fox as a high school basketball player? Teen Wolf! Oh my god, shut up. I fucking hate your face. What, did you just flick me off and then give me three? No, what I'm keeping a track of my numbers. It's four. Yeah, four to three. Read me the friggin'... Read me the thing. What Duffer Brothers TV show takes place in Hawkins, Indiana and features a young boy's disappearance? God, I hope you know this one. Stranger Things. Actually, it's Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. So. Pete's. Well, you're either going to get this or completely not get this. So what Spanish found footage film centers around a reporter and her cameraman? Rack. Fuck you! If you hadn't brought it up so many times, I would have had no idea. Well, it's also right fucking there. I can't see that far. It's right there. I got the whole box set from Shout Factory, Scream Factory. All right, I did it. I win again. Again, This is, if we didn't shuffle, if we would have kept going on, I would have fucking won, but we shuffled, shit got messed up, and now I didn't win again, and I hate playing against you. I hate it. I hate it. I'm the winner. Anyways, that was our 90s. I can't believe, 90 episodes, dude. 90 episodes. Yay. We're over the hill times two plus 10 years. I know, right? Did that just completely <laughs> fuck your brain? Anyways. I'm uh, leaving. No. Fine. Get out of here. God, you you, you you have the bladder of like a seven-year-old girl. Fight me. Catch me right here, woman. Goodbye. Jesus. All right. Anyways, that's my wife. She's gone. Uh, catch us on Facebook at Frightmares. Catch us on Instagram, Frightmares Podcast. We're also on the Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast as well. Twitter, Fright-Podscare-Mares. I don't fucking know. I can never remember. I use it, but I don't ever do. Okay, Frightmares underscore pod. There we go. That's us. Look for the skull. We've got 285 followers. <laughs> Facebook is where it's at, man. Check us out there. Check us out everywhere. Uh, email stay spooky at outlook.com. Send me ideas. Say hi. Send me a funny picture or whatever the hell you want to do. Um, yeah. So uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Tune in next week for me and Corey doing some trauma movies. That should be fun and wacky and wild. Uh, so until then, guys, stay tuned and stay spooky. Stay spooky.